welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. I'm Caleb. Uh, we're here with Adam. Rhiannon is unfortunately on vacation, but she did send in her WandaVision thoughts, so we'll get those in a minute. But you guys have got me and Adam today. Adam, how's it going, man? Good. Good. Have plenty of uh, stuff to pour over with WandaVision. Um, as we've discussed, we're, we're certainly on opposite sides of the the fence or whatever you want to call it so it's probably going to be a bummer for everyone who's listening but fair you know might as well might as well criticize it huh i do want to start because right now as we speak my twitter notifications are kind of going a little berserk because adam i want to let's just at the front let's just talk about the word multiverse because it is becoming clearly apparent to me that my understanding of what the multiverse is is different than what other people understand all right so our that's what I'm confused. Are we talking about like a, a normal physics theory in real life of what a multiverse is, or are we talking about in universe MCU multiverse? That's kind of where I'm lost at at the moment. So I think it's fair to suggest that those aren't necessarily the same thing. I think Marvel has done a good job of keeping it to a somewhat science-based understanding of multiverse. I think the MCU has a little like ratcheted it down a little more tightly to what they exactly mean, but I don't think they're unrelated. So, I mean, the, the biggest problem I have with this is, is that the movie, the, the main source is the, the time stream scene from Endgame, right? Which the creatives behind that scene couldn't even agree on it in the months following the the thing so i mean from my standpoint there's just not a de- definitive reason on the multiverse so I, how i view where the multiverse is so so what you're saying I, i'm just trying to make sure yeah. you understand because maybe i don't understand it right because i've said before that i prefer dumb and dumber too to other movies so <laughs> so you're saying is each Something ha- So I get the butterfly effect. Something happens and they, they take the infinity stones. And if someone took the infinity stones out of, out of this timeline, it actually makes a whole other branch reality. What you're saying is a completely separate universe instead of just a different timeline or something. And then all these timelines are what make up the multiverse. It's not a physical, here's Earth 2 and here's Earth 3, where it's it's different. So... I mean, then, then that thought process, all, am I understanding that right? Is Yeah, and I, I would say from a scientific perspective, it's not just an event like moving an infinity stone. It would be that on a subatomic level, the smallest building blocks of the universe that we're aware of move in very unpredictable ways and ways that we can almost not observe and sometimes even move in seemingly contrary ways. So what if like the smallest quark, like quark moves left instead of moving right at a given millisecond of time, what would be the cascading effect of that? And then if you multiply that by billions and billions and quadrillions of particles across the known universe, across, you know, an infinite amount of milliseconds that have occurred since the beginning of time, you would end up with an infinite amount of universes that are all infinitely different depending on how early in the process the butterfly effect started. Right. And the reason it's important is because the only way they're connected is by space-time. 
I couldn't get to another multiverse if it's based in another Big Bang in another pocket of reality that is somehow completely distinct from our reality. There's no way to transverse the distance. Whereas if it's part of our reality, it's just a timeline that branched out and created a new universe billions of years ago, then through time and space, I can transverse my way over to that, that multiverse, part of the, you know, that other alternate universe. But if they're totally separate and they don't have the same physical and time basis, then there'd be no way for them to connect and to travel between the two of them. Like, are, are you getting all of this from the single in-game scene? Are you using actual real theories? Or, I mean, because I'm just – so is is the dark dimension – I mean, the dark dimension's not of this universe, right? See, I so think you want to be careful with universes and dimensions, though, because dimensions are – that gets into the world of magic. And to me, it's a very distinctly different thing than the idea of universes that have been proliferated by physical phenomenon. But I think, I mean, that's, it's clear that that's an alternate reality. They, they'd say that with the time and, and all of that stuff, right? Um, I mean, I so Dark I, Dimension's an alternate reality. It's, to me, a different plane of existence altogether. Like, to me the dimensions of Dr. Strange get into more sort of religion and philosophy than they get into quantum physics. Whereas timelines and universes are clearly quantum physics based ideas in the Marvel universe. Oh, I won't say it's clearly. Uh, I mean, they want uh, it to be. Cause I mean, they, I've, I've, I'm certainly a layman, right? right? I mean, I see the multiverse as physical constructs that will converge in secret wars style at one point or another maybe it's i mean we're arguing over nothing because maybe it's just all the the same it actually did happen but i mean in the end game it seemed like she hinted that it would take major something major to splinter off the the timeline so that is i would say when you say is it science or marvel the mcu does have that hiccup and that i think it makes more sense and they buy themselves more more latitude to go for more of a scientific like subatomic any little change in existence a butterfly's wings flap a different way i think that makes more sense but i think in the mcu they have suggested it's a more significant event that creates an alternate timeline but that that could be whether nero killed somebody or not in you know in the first century ad you know so loki takes loki takes the space zone and from that point forward he's in his own universe but then that would take away the previous universe's loki moving from so you got to think of it as a tree that only goes one direction so there's one loki until that moment and yeah and then he he goes off into so then okay so then it takes so then that one move would actually make at least three separate realities it would take the future that we've seen with loki and his growth through ragnarok and then it would have the future of 2012 new york where loki's disappeared Yep. And then it would have Loki's the TV show. 
Well, I think the TV show shows us what you talked about in the second, which is what happens after he takes off with it. Uh, it's just so it's infinitely easier to think of it as place A and place B and place C. I mean, sure. I, 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 guess... have, I, I don't have a scientific counterpoint <laughs> for that. It's just it's so much easier to say, you know, this is prime Earth and this is the ultimate universe. And this is and I don't even know. Maybe that's how the ultimate universe was set up. I have no idea. I would just biggest fan of that. I would just say that people, I keep seeing people say, well, no, that's a timeline. And the argument is because their universe is basically like ours with one little difference. But that's only because they're looking at that timeline slash universe three minutes or a day or a month after the divergence. But if you sped up and you said, what does the earth look like a million years from now? in our main MCU universe versus the one. What are where... the odds that they actually get into this? I mean, if they, they get won't. into this to explain away how, I, that's the thing. So like, if they had to explain all this stuff to tie this into the Fox X-Men, just don't bother doing anything with them. I could, I could whatsoever. see a conversation in Eternals where like the Eternals are about to make a decision and they could say something like, whatever we do today in 5 billion BC, this will completely radically change what the universe will look like thousands of years from now. And they could just like show like a picture of different versions of New York and even different um, Spider-Mans or something. You know, like, I don't think yeah. they will, but it would, because they're not going to go a million years in the future, but the way that you allow X-Men to exist, the Fox universe to exist or the spider-man universe to exist is to say yeah that's just a universe that branched off because of something that a tyrannosaurus rex did you know like and it just like has all these or why can't it just always be there or the big bang created everything right or god created everything or whatever so depending on your beliefs what happens if right everything was just created at the same time i don't know it's just i it's confusing and i don't care for it in the slightest and i hate time travel and it's just so much easier to say it's just always existed and we want to see certain people cross over at some point it's stupid anyways the whole quicksilver stuff is stupid (laughs) as all get out but michael t ford said in the comments um that a nexus point can be how the different dimensions touch and i agree but to me the nexus point has to be based in a common physicality or time space continuum for it to work that's just why i i think that the split timeline thing matters but Mm. i think the biggest thing to me is i've oh that's always been the construction i had in my head that like timelines and universes are essentially the same thing and to see so many people on twitter be like no those aren't the same i'm like what like it, it never struck me that someone would see that i've never i've yeah and that's that i've never seen it that i've seen timelines as timelines and multiverses as a, as i don't even know if physical is the right word but simply just a physical hey it's universe a and universe b and universe c and now they need to cross over because I like this very obscure character that had one decent scene set to a decent soundtrack, you know, it's, I don't know. Yeah. And going into the like quantum physics science part of it, I'm guessing it's something many people 
like have not thought about like what have quantum physicists said about you know the multiverse well i mean they have plenty of collab not collaborators what do we, what do we want to discuss what it's the word consultants yeah on endgame and it uh we still we see how that goes i mean they have these uh what's the one guy's name i talked to him he's uh he's the household as much as a household as an astrophysicist can be and even yeah. then they still didn't agree on the whatever so i mean it's yeah, yeah i mean in universe it, it's probably going to change multiple times right now because it's already murky the way it is and it's already kind of changed from dr strange to to end game but whatever. let's talk about the reason why we're even talking about the multiverse in the first place because it's idiotic it's unreasonable <laughs> You want to just jump into WandaVision right now? Uh, do you have news? I can't remember um, what news we let's got. Let's talk a couple news re- things real quick. Uh, the first one being that Illuminati is reporting that there is an X-Men movie in production. All right. All right. And that it's called The Mutants. Yeah. What do you think, Adam? <laughs> the uh, it's, uh, uh, everyone's pointing towards the Stanley homage, but I, for the life of me, can't imagine them bringing the x-men to a movie theater without x-men in the branding somehow I, maybe they go the mutants and it's kevin feige's heralded as the savior the ultimate comics homage savior or something i don't know why they wouldn't include the x-men maybe they do a generic mutants even prof- before professor x like a first class type movie all over again he's putting the team together or something, you know, he summons the original five or something. You know, I, I haven't given two shits less about the X-Men anyways. So it's like, whatever, man. I mean, it's not an Nightcrawler movie, so I don't care. Really. When I first heard this, it sounded like baloney. Mm-hmm. And then I talked to people who I talked to when I want to know if something's baloney and they were like, no, this looks like it's real. And I was like, oh, okay. That was surprising to me. It would seem to me it's mostly a branding thing. The only way that I get why they would go with a kind of weird title like Mutants is just they really don't like the Fox movies and they really think people have got a bad taste in their mouth from so many bad Fox movies. And so this is their way of consciously stepping away from that, you know, that deal. And I guess it makes sense to me on that front. I kind of hate it though because... New Mutants was a movie exactly. that just came out and was terrible. Right. And I was I teased right. on Twitter, like, my kids are going to be like, wait a minute, New Mutants isn't a sequel to Mutants? And it's like, no, it came first. It's terrible. It's not really right. And that's the thing. I mean, you avoid, I think avoiding that confusion is probably a lot easier than, I think it's, what I'm, I think it's easier to deal with the X-Men brand confusion rather than it is. Because that's the first thing I read because they even use the New Mutants logo with new photoshopped out. I'm like, oof. <laughs> you know, that's the, the first thought that came into my mind was, was the New Mutants brand confusion. It's the most recent X-Men movie released by the time that the X-Men will hit, you know, the MCU. So, yeah whatever i mean sure they're going to as long as wolverine's face is on it they're going to make insane money the way it is well and i would also say 
and this is not meant as shade against whoever this Illuminati guy is that, that broke this article. This is also one of those scoops that's a really safe scoop to say that Marvel is actively working on a movie that's going to feature the X-Men sometime in the future. Yeah, I, I would think so. Like it was a pretty big acquisition of, of 21st Century Fox for Marvel to never use them. So uh, to me, that's a no-brainer. And the fact that there was no specifics on this as far as what year the movie's coming out. Like I saw another website write it up as like, the X-Men are coming quicker than we thought. Hmm. How are they coming quicker if we, there's no date on the film? Like maybe they're working, and I said production, I mean, they're pre-production, whatever. They are actively working on a script or whatever. But if it comes out in 2027, I don't think it's going to be faster than we right, thought. Right, you know, right, like, right. This is just the kind of thing that's almost the the mutants part is the only part that really could be proven to be a scoop. The rest of it is kind of like, yeah, sure. This was, I think this was, was it obtained by a casting grid, this information? I think it may have been. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say what I know about it, but I'm trying to think. No, it's been, I I read somewhere that was from a casting grid, I think. So unless they got it, I don't even know where I read it from. Uh, I'm just very hesitant, man, because they've done all sorts of, I don't know, it almost smells like an annihilation type thing before. That wasn't even obtained by a casting grid or anything like that. But how they found the information matters, because if it's this early in development, there's no reason for that type of stuff to be out public unless it's coming very soon like as if they're already starting to hatch out stories and stuff like that maybe they are because you know obviously they're going to be developing new stuff when things are filming and it's the whole cycle and stuff it's just i think with everything it's best to exercise caution you know it's best to tamper expectations um if it, I mean, if it's called the mutants, it's not like I'm going to stay home from the movie theater yeah. or not. It just doesn't make sense to me outside of the ultimate homage to Stanley, you know? Well, the other thing that's interesting to me is at San Diego Comic-Con in 2019, um, Kevin Feige did that thing where like they announced Mahershala Ali. And then right before he was done, he's like, and not only that, but we've got the Fantastic Four and we've got Deadpool and we've got mute or he didn't say Deadpool. He like listed a few things. And at the end he said, and mutants. Either he was tipping us off way ahead of time that that's where they were going with this title. No way, man. Or no, or um, because he did that, that's been a working title that they've worked with. Kev said mutants right. at San Diego. So we're going to call this project the mutants until we come up with the actual title. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there's a, there, there's a discussion to be had about cult-like followings and, and, and figures and stuff like that. And I mean, Reddit post, post finale has been as clear as day is why we need to kind of overhaul our, our thought process a little bit, even, even with WandaVision, you know, it's just, 
Uh, maybe, maybe he does have his, uh, like, you know, it's just constantly galaxy brain ideas with him. Um, but I do think some of the stuff is, is reactionary on his part, dependent on how the audiences react, I guess. I'm trying not to go into WandaVision spoilers, <laughs> but it's just, uh, if he said that at San Diego Comic-Con two years ago, because the movie is being called The Mutants. Sure, I just think it was, he said mutants because he didn't want to say Wolverine and have the digital media sphere blog about Hugh Jackman for two weeks. Other news that I wanted to talk about, um, we got a couple of casting things. Uh, One was that it looks like Blade is potentially looking for um, an actress who will play Blade's daughter along similar lines uh there was also some captain marvel news that korvac may be part of captain marvel 2 um i guess i'll just take those together because they both came out about the same time and they're both kind of i think guesswork based on casting calls uh either of those particularly exciting to you i mean michael korvac super exciting to me there's there's plenty of ways they can go with it i just don't believe it's necessarily accurate wasn't there they uh bowden and fleck wrote something before they left right maybe not maybe i'm mistaken i don't know honestly um the blade stuff's far more interesting to me i mean my if michael korvac is sure i mean i just think um there's a reason to believe it's not but the Blade stuff is gets into some super interesting uh, stuff um, r- related to Fallon Gray and stuff. So Fallon Gray is supposed to be Blade's daughter, except Fallon Gray has never been introduced to the comics continuity because of reasons. So Tim Seeley, I don't even know who the artist was on it. Tim Seeley was supposed to write it post Secret Wars and the all new, all different stuff, right? Yep, and he stepped back because he felt it probably wasn't best for a middle-aged white man to write a story about a teenage, um, teenage black girl. Um, so that's why, it, and it hasn't come to fruition since. I mean, we've seen. I'm sure there's artwork, and I mean, there's probably completed issues of it somewhere, um, but it was eventually canceled. Um, I remember when that happened. I remember hearing rumors and at this point it's far enough away that I can't even remember where I heard it. So, but I remember somebody suggesting that a TV or film play may have Mm -hmm. been part of the reason that Marvel pulled the comic as well, that some of the material they had for the comic, somehow they wanted to fold into something they wanted to do with film or television. And that that was a piece of why that book went from being announced and like the solicitations and everything I feel like, and then just disappeared. Uh, I think Bleeding Cool originally reported Studios was interested in it, but until, I think we could say this, until Mahershala Ali called Kevin Feige, Blade was always a television property. There were no intentions for studios to do it, just with the tone and all of that stuff. I mean, Blade has always, for the most part, been a television property up until... 
Mahershala won, what was it? His most recent one was Green Book, and then he called Kevin Feige and said he wanted to do it, which is a no-brainer because you're talking – I mean, that's the type of deal. I mean, studios laying claim to Blade, who's one of the biggest cult heroes in the whole Marvel thing. I mean, is Blade in – and it gets – is Blade an A-list character? I mean, Blade comics will sell crazily the way it is, and, and the Blade movie is going to do exceptionally well. Some of the recent Avengers stuff has done a really good job too of uh, kind of preparing us for how Blade could work in the MCU. Because some of the recent Avengers stuff is like, oh, hey, what if we put Blade in the Avengers? What if we made him coexist with these characters that are kind of outside of his genre? And I feel like that run really does help them kind of work on tone and stuff that'll be helpful for screenwriters once they start trying to bring Blade into a larger MCU that's that's another thing <laughs> that's going to be a slippery slope we get into because i mean they have they have their own content farm where they have these people consistently doing so jason aaron's working on heroes reborn now which is going to be a huge thing about speaking of multiverses and alternate realities and all of all of that stuff right um except they don't they don't get paid as much as screenwriters do or anything like that. So then that's just kind of uh, different. But I, I mean, all indications are it is Fallon Gray coming to live action. Yeah, I think there were a couple of other ones from Blade that leaked out too, or surfaced. I can't remember who ran them. Um, and I don't even recall what they were. Yeah, and there was another one from Captain Marvel that was. Uh, I saw another oh, no, the She-Hulk or, one. She-Hulk, that's it. She-Hulk, the scroll like and She-Hulk that I've yeah. never heard of. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's another thing. I think She-Hulk's going to be uh, bigger than we thought. Maybe I, I She-Hulk's going to be the, the live-action series that's kind of like the melting pot of the MCU, where like a Kree pops up or, or a scroll pops up, or this person from this point pops up just to say, hey you know remember this is this is a connected yeah universe i feel like it's gonna be a bit more uh, it's almost gonna be like 30 rock you know like they just mm-hmm. loved their cameo it was like who can we get to cameo all the time right and i feel like that's where she hulk is headed that we're just gonna get cameos of very random people in it and it's just part of the like fabric of the show of this is a place where people stop by for for fun fun five minute bits you know right um, only other news piece I think I had was um, there was a Sony uh, and Amazon have apparently hired a showrunner for Silk. We'd kind of heard that they were wanting to spool up a lot of like there was rumors about expanding the animated universe into television with Lord and Miller. They've talked about Silk. We teased a couple weeks ago about like Jackpot. This though is I think the most substantial thing that Sony's done to actually jumpstart any of that stuff does that seem right to you adam uh yeah i for, totally forgot this was something in the, the works until this news broke i am all for cinematic universes i mean i think it does help me that again the spidey family's not necessarily a group of characters that i even are, are drawn to so it's not like i have nostalgic attachments or even any sort of sentimentality towards so you have to, I mean, you have to applaud Sony for trying something. I will say having Lord and Miller at the helm of it or, or producing it certainly helps them, right? Because, I mean, 
they made Spider-Verse and Spider-Verse is often said to be one of the best superhero movies ever made, you know, live action or not. It all comes down to organization and, and a dedication to the process and, and Marvel just so happened to be the first to do it, man. The first set of movies Marvel made was made on borrowed money, you know, and they just so happened to do decent enough to, to go with it. You know, there's stuff like Bloodshot. Bloodshot did incredible in uh, VOD stuff, but I don't think a studio is going to take a chance on something like that. And you look at DC films and there's not a central group or there is now or there's trying to be now, you know, so maybe Lord and Miller's what Sony needs to to do I, I you look at the mcu and it's been more successful as time's gone on right but it's just so hard to get a studio to trust the process and as pj fleck would say to keep rowing the boat to me this is kind of an argument though i mean getting back to multiverse because we're about to get into wandavision like this is kind of an argument though for why being cautious about how you expand out your multiverse stuff to me like makes sense because we have seen other people try what Marvel is doing or trying to go even beyond it. We've seen DC try to do multiverse stuff. And like, like people loved when Flash showed up in the CW shows. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't led to a sustainable movement towards actually like helping their films. It hasn't led to like a cohesive thing that people really love. I don't even they think they... Projects, but... Right. I think a lot of that's probably changing with Flashpoint. I think that's kind of their reboot point or whatever a soft reboot or, or right. whatever you want to call it. Uh, I mean, I have faith in that movie, despite Ezra Miller having zero repercussions for choke slamming that lady to the ground or that, that person <laughs> to the ground, you know, that yeah. just got swept under the rug real quick. Muschietti yeah. or whatever. I always say his name wrong. Andy Muschietti, the Ed guy. I mean, both it's were great um it'll be interesting how he takes that vibe to a to a flashpoint but michael keaton so this is i mean that's another part of the the multi the dc multiverse i mean there's been zero chatter of timelines and science it just exists in earth two and earth one and earth 548 and earth what have you i think it's just easier to keep track of maybe all the earth's work you know, made by the timelines and stuff. I will say I regret even responding to that because I, I, I'm going to end up deleting Twitter off my phone um, <laughs> because there's people that care about it far more than you and I. Yeah. I do think some of it for Marvel though, Marvel to me has always been a little more sciencey in the way they build out their universe. I mean, not to say like any of this is built on like hard science, but like Marvel, because it was, coming out in the 60s and sort of that atomic age like i just feel like marvel is a little more hey let's talk about this in a way that's kind of akin to scientific processes whereas i always think of dc and it's like oh our heroes are gods they're aliens they come from outer space you know like that's just a much easier uh path to powers i think than than trying to make it like oh they had gamma radiation and the way it affected his cells you know like marvel's just always stuck their nose in that stuff a bit more i think 
All right, let's talk about WandaVision. Uh, I have not listened. We're going to put in Rhiannon's thoughts, and uh, I have not listened to those. I don't know if you have, Adam. So I have not. No, I've talked to her while um, we were waiting while for me to watch were, it. Yeah, waiting for you to watch it. We, we were chit chatting in, in DMs. Hey guys, this is Rhiannon. Sorry I'm not on the podcast this week. Um, just scheduling didn't work out so that Caleb could still watch with his family. But I had to give you my thoughts on WandaVision. Um, now that we've got our full, first full season of Marvel Television on, or not Marvel Television, I guess MCU Studios Television on Disney+. Plus. Um, I think think when you listen to the podcast my thoughts are going to line up a lot with Adams I've been chatting with him a little bit today and I think like a lot of our feelings are on the same path um probably like last week where he agreed with me but had the complete different feeling of the overall aspect of everything um I I really like this episode was fine I think I tweeted for anybody that follows me on Twitter um I tweeted like it's another one of those shows that, like, it was an enjoyable watch. I enjoyed the journey. I will not be thinking about this in a few weeks, other than to talk about it on the podcast if we talk about it some more. Um, I I wasn't... There wasn't any big surprise or anything to me. Uh, there were a few twists that I kind of expected to come and didn't. And I don't mean, like, surprise characters or Mephisto, which would have been awesome, um, I mean, like, even as the show was going, I was like, oh, maybe Vision and White Vision switched bodies, you know, maybe like White Vision got pseudo Vision's memories and decided to turn red and be Vision and be in love with Wanda. And so when everything disappears, he'll still be there and it'll be like a lovely, happy ending. We didn't even get any like little surprises like that, that sort of, I felt would have made it, um, a little deeper, a little richer. I feel like it was a very straightforward story in the end, I mean, obviously Wanda creating her hex to deal with her emotions, but it still felt like that from the very beginning. I mean, it very clearly from the beginning was Wanda was in this world and didn't want to deal with the grief and the horrors of reality. But now she's in this world where she doesn't have to think about reality. Everything's perfect. You know, we pretty clearly early on learned that all of these people were players in this world. And it never really turned into anything more than that. Like, you know, it turned into the neighbor was tweaking with that world and making it a little bit uncomfortable for Wanda. And then they had a big bad fight at the end. And now Wanda is stronger. And, you know, they compared her to the Sorcerer Supreme. But, yeah, that's just the words of some witch. Um. So, I mean, like... Like I said, it was an enjoyable journey. I just sort of expected something deeper. I expected a little bit more twists. I expected, um, I mean, I don't know, people flying around shooting laser beams at each other, whether they're magic beams of purple and red, um, or if they're synthesoids shooting across, um, I, 
okay. It didn't feel like there were any real stakes. I mean, like if one of those visions fell and died, we knew one of them was fake and would likely go away when the hex disappears. The other one um, didn't really have emotions and, you know, maybe was a bad guy anyways. So if either of them died, I didn't know what the stakes was. The vision on vision fight, it it had no... Other than protecting Wanda, but Wanda wasn't being threatened by White Vision. White Vision was coming for Pseudo Vision or Hex Vision, I guess. Hex Vision. So I didn't have real stakes in that battle. Like, I. I. I had a hard time caring. I mean, I did enjoy, like, that it came down to, like, a riddle. Um, you know, which one of us really is real. And if you're sent to kill vision, aren't you vision? Am I, yeah, I, that was lovely. That was, you know, and, and like I said, it was very enjoyable. There just weren't stakes. And in the end, our protagonist choked a whole group of townspeople and then just walks away. She's not a good person. Like, I mean, I realize she has good intent and she has done some good things, but there's no consequence there. Um, there's no, there's no, it, it just feels icky. It just feels icky. And then for her to go to the mountains or whatever we see in that second post-credit scene and, uh, sip tea on the astral plane or sip tea while part of her is on the astral plane. I, I don't, I don't really care because she's a witch. That's a very witchy witch that did very bad things. Um, and okay, maybe we have a complex hero with some depth there, but the whole season was about that. And there Yes, she progressed into a stronger witch. Maybe. We don't even know. There there wasn't like something super clear about, you know, why she could suddenly beat Agnes or uh, Agatha, why all of that mattered. Um But anyways, um I have lots of questions. I I feel like there were a lot of opportunities missed. Um one of my big things going into the Disney Plus shows was I watched The Mandalorian. And there again, I feel like The Mandalorian was another show that very enjoyable. I mean, like, absolutely, you know, the ride was lovely. Um, they did the pew, 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 whatever things, you know, it was, it was, it was an enjoyable show, but not deep. Um, and so I feel like WandaVision ended up being a very enjoyable show, but again, not deep, not complex. Um not not anything that's going to get you thinking on a crazy level which i feel like marvel television whether you liked it or not like really did have some stuff that made you think like they did have good twists they had some bad twists but hey at least they twisted um so I really hope that the other Disney Plus shows, like maybe this, maybe there were other plans for this and because they had to move them out of order, those plans got a little tweaked and maybe there were twists planned, but they wouldn't make sense at this point in the timeline. I, you know, it, it, I, I'll give, you know, obviously I'm going to keep watching the other shows and it's no big deal. Um, 
but I just, I, I'm a little disappointed that there wasn't more to it. And I mean, just purely that is not, I wanted more cameos. It's not, I wanted any particular character. I, I do like that it, you know, at least when we have a female universe, uh, you know, this, this show is about a strong female lead, obviously they brought us a strong female villain. Um, and they kept it very much about those two women. It ended up, you know, and, and we got a third strong woman with Monica. So it very, very much ended up being a, uh, a show about strong women. So, uh, you know, there again, I'm glad, you know, just like Jessica Jones, I'm glad Daredevil didn't show up in the last episode of Jessica Jones season one, because it kind of would have... Um, taken away from her story and made it seem like a man had to come in and save her. I'm glad. I, I'm kind of glad Dr. Strange didn't have to come in and save the day in the last episode of this. Um, though it would have been interesting for him to come in and elevate her or to come in and, um, you know, just sort of make sense as to why, he wasn't there. I mean, like, as I, I spoke enough last week about why he isn't there. Like, this is, seems like a pretty big thing that would show up on his radar and he needs to take care of. Or show up or monitor or, you know, have some involvement. Um, so I have a lot of questions like that. Um, but most of them I, I voiced last week. Um, overall an enjoyable, enjoyable ride. I, I loved, you know, the series as a whole. I enjoyed, I just feel like they didn't stick the landing, um, as far as being an awesome TV show. I like to judge a lot of these things of, could I recommend it to somebody outside of Marvel, you know, that has never watched a single Marvel movie, doesn't know anything about the comics. Could I recommend it to somebody and they love the show despite not knowing anything? I really don't think WandaVision does this. I think it's interesting. I think maybe the first four episodes somebody could enjoy and be like, oh, this is, you know, really neat. Ooh, it's getting weird. Um, but then towards the end, it felt like, uh, you know, oh, okay, we need to do our space battle fight and, you know, like shoot lasers at each other and all of this. And now she gets to walk away because she's an Avenger or something. I don't know. Because, or maybe she just got to walk away because she could murder anybody by looking at them and they saw her strangle a whole town of people. I don't know. Anyways, uh, I can't wait for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, and it looks like She-Hulk is starting to re film soon and stuff like that. So, anyways. Um... Thank you guys, and maybe I'll be around next week. We'll see how schedules work out, but I will definitely be back when we have Falcon and Winter Soldier to talk about. Bye. Yeah, how do you want to tackle this? Uh, geez. Let's just talk about the story of Wanda and Wanda's like issues and her envision and the family. Let's worry about the bigger picture of everything else in a minute as okay. far as how it affects the Well, you, you already started splitting off into bigger picture stuff with mentions I, of Vision. If have. So let's talk about, yeah. let's just start with Wanda. Yeah. And that's the best part of it. They stuck that landing. It was the perfect conclusion. 
to the story they set out to tell with Wanda. They told us she was going to transform into the Scarlet Witch, and we literally saw her transform into the Scarlet Witch. We we saw her become what's assumed to be the strongest character in all the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they, they ace that. I have zero problems with Wanda's story arc. I feel like we did get a version of Scarlet Witch too that is a kind of. Di- I mean, I have not read a lot of Scarlet Witch comics the last ten years. I admit that, mm. but the Wanda that we're getting or the, the Scarlet Witch that we're getting seems to be an MCU version. Uh, this this idea that it's a role and it's someone that was foretold that would be born with the powers of a witch. I feel like what has come out of this, it's not like, oh, she became the Scarlet Witch and that she went through something hard and she got a new costume and she's a little more powerful. Like they've they've actually built a bit of a mythological construct around what Scarlet Witch means that I think is if not unique it certainly is its own blend of things from the comics and that's what marvel does really well that their characters are not necessarily just the comic book characters rehashed Uh, absolutely and that's another part i loved about this series it it's world building man world building goes so far and sets up so much stuff and i think it's the right way to set things up rather than teases or what have you. And and we'll, we'll eventually get to that. But I mean, world building sets the world, but it doesn't raise expectations or, or directly raise ideas. Look to black Panther. There's probably no movie on the face of the planet that does world building as well as black Panther does, right? You watch black Panther and you're transformed into this entirely separate world. And now I gotta watch myself. I almost said universe, and I don't want to go back to the multiverse. <laughs> but you're you're transformed into this whole other world, right? The, this Wakanda thing, and and they introduce the infrastructure, and they introduce the the political side of it, and and with the throne and and all of that stuff, right? And that stuff we didn't really even get in Captain Marvel despite Hala being a physical world, you know, but then it returns in, in WandaVision just with the, the, the hierarchy of the magics and the colors of the magics and the mythos that this legend's out there. And this legend's always been part of the MCU, even though we haven't seen it because we've never seen these characters, the witches. And it's a super interesting way to give Wanda the name of the Scarlet Witch because witch is the word witch just has a negative connotation with it anyways, right? So it makes zero sense for Wanda to call herself the Scarlet Witch. Why wouldn't she call herself uh, the Red Badass or something? It makes more sense if she starts out as a villain that's redeemed, which is totally what happened with Stan Lee and what he did with her right and that's very well starting to you know uh come to fruition in the mcu as well it's it's that fine balance of paying respect source material and just creating something new uh i mean it probably leans more towards the new stuff the way it is but at the end of the day you look at i mean beforehand they said there were like two or three comics where the WandaVision draws inspiration from, but there's just far more than that. There's just nods from all sorts of series and issues and 
yeah things of things of that nature so they nailed wanda's story man i mean it's the best part of the show rightfully so it's wanda's show yeah let's talk a little bit about i've seen some people online concerned that wanda kind of doesn't have enough consequences for what she did because they did pretty much reveal that she Mm -hmm. was torturing these people yes and they did not but Nightmare was in control the whole time. Like, they no, didn't go that right. way. They did not let her off the right. hook. And then she just kind of flies off. Did that bother you at all? That's that's one of the, my biggest criticisms um, or issues with the show. She not only had, did she tour. Are you under the understanding this took place in, a, give or take, a week, maybe? At least a few days. Like Yeah, something like that. And we've seen enough sun, sunny and then dark and dark. sunny and dark in the, like, sword uh, camp, yeah, a business week, at, at least, least several days yeah yes several days so i mean she was torturing these people i mean there's no way around it it was torture they they say they express pain and while under her sway um they're forced to live her thoughts and have their nightmare her nightmares and we've seen those aren't you know pleasurable um so it's torture there's no way around it she tortured this whole town but not only did she torture torture the the whole town she's continuing to torture one of its inhabitants which wasn't really necessarily a villain kind i i still have no idea what to think about agatha because they changed motivations 20 times within the finale alone um she's not a hero I don't think she can call herself a hero because she made zero attempt to to pay for her own actions, I guess. I keep saying, to me, she's the new Loki. She's very much like that character in that she's just a wild card. She's literally an agent of chaos. Mm-hmm. She, I think, I hope from here on out, whenever Wanda shows up, It'll be like, oh, it's really good she's here. I just hope she's here for us and not the other guys because then it's going to get real bad real quick. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think there's something that's wonderfully complex about Wanda. Like there's this identity thing. Like she tells Agatha, you're not going to tell me who I am anymore. I'm going to be who I want to be. Mm-hmm. But I hear her saying that to a lot of people. Like she's saying that to Strucker when she says that to Agatha and she's saying it to Cap and Natasha when she says that and she's saying it to the media that slammed her for Lagos like she's like I'm just I'm sick of living by anybody else's expectations I'm just going to be who I am and I don't give a crap how you feel but at the same time that's anti-societal to some degree (laughs) yeah and her saying that to Agatha is also very hypocritical. She's turning into exactly what Agatha uh-huh. said. You know, I I assume you know, like you said, you said on Slack last night, her reading through the dark hole is a very bad thing. Yes, under no circumstance, not <laughs> it's not good whatsoever. No matter which way you look at it, her in possession of the dark hole is not going to have any good ramifications on the MCU whatsoever. Well, and again, with the her being Agatha thing. Agatha is somebody who, as best we can tell, decided to pursue magic a bit, again, like Cassilius did, outside of the bounds of a community to hold her in check, outside of the bounds of the coven she was part of in Massachusetts. Like, she killed all them and went off, studying the dark hole by herself in her basement. And we saw how that worked for Agatha. It can't be good 
for Wanda. Right. And it's it's interesting because I think Derrickson did a really good job in Doctor Strange to talk about sort of um there's a whole like sub lecture I'd love to give about like religious fanaticism is mm-hmm. in a lot of Doctor Strange and like what it means to be like a fundamentalist like Baron Mordo or to be a sort of a libertine like Cassilius and the reality is you need something in the middle like you need to be able to speak your own mind and not just slavishly follow what other people say but also being part of a community that holds you in check is important and we see Wanda being another one of these magicians that is not in a community to hold her in check mm-hmm. and so I you know I felt like while she doesn't like get arrested for what she did my understanding at the end of that show is that she is on the run the police are after her she's violated sokovia she's harmed a lot of people like if general ross could get a hold of her she would be locked up and so yeah she doesn't get punished but she's also having to live on the lamb again after the events of civil war and like i think her little cabin out there in the middle of nowhere it's isolation like it's i i just i don't see this as a happy ending for wanda i'm not convinced it's nowhere i do think it's somewhere you think it's um, wondagore i think it is man i really yeah. i really think it i i'm pretty sure that scene might even be in dr strange i mean we've seen that right they included the uh winter soldier stuck in the clamp scene in a movie before right or am i you know what i'm talking about I'm trying uh, to remember what post credit scene it was, but I think that made it into Civil War or something. Okay. Maybe. I can't remember. Maybe that wasn't even a post credit scene. I, even if it's not, I mean, I think that's exactly what Dr. Strange... And that it all comes back to the damn theories and the expectation. I do want to touch on Agatha yeah. if we circle back after this. Yeah. But, um, I mean, to me, it would seem that Wanda knows she's not trained. She explicitly says no one trained her. She was just born with this. She just had the powers, whether that's, you know, the mutant gene or or whatever. We have no idea. She was just born with it. She says no one trained her. Taking that at face value, you know, she's super inexperienced. And that's something Agatha said all along, right? So I took that to mean maybe you know she wants to better her craft why wouldn't she you know it's literally to her knowledge it's all she has at this point right her family's blipped kind of sort of um and so she goes on the run so why not go check out the roots and we know the dark hold was made at by kathan at wondagore and i mean the dark hold leads directly to kathan maybe they'll change it up for the mcu or whatever but from in the mythos kathan made the dark hold and he was trapped away in Wondagore. So to me, that almost seems as if, you know, if, if, if Wanda's looking for who she is and she's searching the multiverse for her boys, what, is that what she gathered from the post credit scene as well? Um, or? I don't, I don't know exactly what's up with the boys. I think she, she is somehow getting a sign that there's some kind of magic she could do that would somehow bring them back to her right so so maybe that's that's the magic that unlocks the big bad of dr strange too. which if she's at the foot of wonder you know 
maybe that amplifies her powers you know i mean her her mythos is she was born at Wondagore, and i don't know how deep we need to get into this but i mean it's just the destiny i it's there's zero purpose for her it could be anywhere i guess um why not why not Wondagore? i mean there's a mountain there and she's at the foot of the mountain so maybe whatever she's doing with the dark hold unlocks kathan from being held within the pits of Mount Wondagore or what have you. I've heard other things where the Doctor Strange villain is someone entirely else, but again, that's just kind of Whisper Network stuff, so who knows yeah. if it's... I, I do like the idea that Westview and Agatha and Wanda would be a compelling case to get Mordo on, pe- to get people on Mordo's side about the need to end magic. Mm-hmm. And it may be that that's a play for like Doctor Strange 3, but I can see whatever's coming with all these elements from WandaVision that come over into Doctor Strange 2, where Mordo's going to come to somebody and say, see, we got to hunt down and kill all these witches and wizards because clearly they're just messing the world up, you know? Right, right. Well, first, first we have to, you know, we have to worry about something coming from space like this big purple guy who wanted half of us dead. And now you're telling us we have to worry about someone else coming from hell or coming from some alternate reality. And he only has one big eye and a bunch of tentacles. Like what the hell are you telling me? You know, it's maybe Wanda is the villain for Dr. Strange too. You know, maybe she's the antagonist. I know a lot of people are being cautious using the v word with wanda but maybe maybe she's the antagonist with dr strange too and that's why she was introduced so early in the thing and then she unlocks something like a dormammu type figure to that she has to switch sides and team up with dr strange again or something so let's talk about um let's talk about vision then the other kind of half Mm -hmm. of the show uh are you happy with talk either i mean let's talk about both the vision fight and the way it resolved how did you feel like that was that was overall not good i I mean i didn't mind the the fight itself and the action itself and then the philosophy 101 discussion i think we even talked about that like in a briefly touched on that in high school for some class or whatever i do not like what they did with regular vision Vision 1.0. Um, real vision, I guess. White I mean, vision. he is, a, yeah. yeah, white vision. You know, the real vision. I do not like. They wrote themselves into a corner with that, you know, because they introduced his memories. And if he went from the library outside Tuan and says, hey, I'm kind of almost. Um, myself again right when i died except maybe with a new outlook on life or humanity you know that would have taken away from a substantial part of the series because her issue the all along is she made westview as a direct result of his death right so him coming back and interacting with her would at least make that more impactful to me yeah i I mean i I think the problem is the problem and the good thing is there's so much ambiguity about what this new vision is. 
like the question that's literally being asked is if somebody has the same body and they have access to the same memories does it make them the same person or is there some kind of spark some kind of soul some side of something that is different and i just i think it's interesting for me this new vision would be like somebody who wakes up with amnesia and even if you tell them like oh no you were my husband before your amnesia the amnesia guy is not gonna be like well even if they know that's true they're not gonna be like well i'm happy to just jump back into being your husband because i don't like that's not how right i didn't experience that you know most of his memories would be directly with Wanda. So you'd think that would maybe even be a starting point right. to where his his adventure go. The good thing is, is Vision is still out in the universe. Both Visions didn't die and Paul Bettany could return. And as Paul Bettany has shown in WandaVision, he's just incredible and he deserves to have a job. Yeah. You know, so Vision will probably return sometime. Yeah. Hopefully he returns to, you know, to answer some things. Um but then that's the type of thing where uh, the the teases and stuff, you know, it's just, it didn't resolve anything with Vision or that Vision. At least it was just a way to get him off screen so they no longer had to, no longer had to deal with him. And did it really help out fake Vision? I, no? I think you could make a great argument because... I don't think we even need to talk about it. I think everybody pretty much universally hated the Hayward like storyline and it never went anywhere. And he wasn't a great villain. Like I, I think I liked the episode more than you and Rhiannon. And I, I didn't particularly like Hayward. So like, mm. I think you can make an argument that everything involving white vision, his creation, the Hayward storyline, the way that he just takes off there at the middle of the episode and doesn't come back. It, it does feel like Marvel maybe came to the screenwriter and said, hey, we really want it set up so that Vision's back in the universe, but with these circumstances, you need to fit that in. And like maybe the whole Hayward thing was just sort of an appendage to the plot that was just there in order to move the Vision piece on the board so that he's around for secret invasion or whatever it is that they want to use him next for, you know? Oh, right. uh, yeah, Hayward worthless man they could cut that they could have cut that whole thing out he was there to give us white vision and along the way they just decided to treat him like 20 different characters or, or something i just think it was it was messy and it was unnecessarily convoluted like uh whatever we're a marvel podcast i don't want to be keep yeah. megan on it or, or whatever but i just didn't care for it in the, the slightest yeah I would say last thing I have on vision is I, I really feel like superhero movies have gotten to the point that we need more of a climax or a different kind of climax than just who's better at punching. And mm-hmm. so the fight scenes in this episode, I was totally torn on the parts that was just like raw power. There was just two visions beating each other up like man of steel or Wanda and Agnes just throwing orbs of energy back at like, I've seen that story before. That was the storyline of every time I played with action figures when I was 10 years old, you know, like this guy punches this guy and then that guy punches him harder, but then he punches him even harder. Like 
I'll agree with that. (laughs) I'll agree with that on the vision aspect, but on the, uh, on the rewatch, I realized Wanda casting, that's her casting the ruse. It wasn't, uh, okay. It wasn't the offensive. She wasn't on the offensive, but I'm like, wow, her aim sucks. And then I just clicked. I'm like, oh, duh. She's, yeah, she's purposely. Well, that's why I'm of two minds because I hated the, the slugfest parts. But then when the vision slowed down and had this philosophical conversation about the ship of the, like, I dug that totally. I find that a fascinating, mm-hmm. like, philosophical thing. I think it's interesting for human beings. Like, Adam, you and I are both old enough now that when we die, whenever that is, none of the cells that we die with will be the cells that we were born with. Right. But we're still us. So, like, what does that mean about what a human being is? That it can't be purely physical because you replace all this. Like, to me, that's a fascinating thing. And so I loved that. And then her specifically missing and tricking her with the runes. It felt a bit like Dormammu. I've come here to bargain. Like, I I feel like these things need a clever solution that's not just, well, in the end, she had better punchy power than the other person right. had punchy power. Right. And, and that's, so I, I like yeah. those parts. That's where, you know, that's where it, it did a good stuff. Um, I do hate that I saw it coming, though, because in the previously on WandaVision, they, like, made a point of doing the clip about uh, you can't do magic in here, Wanda, because I put runes all around the, the room. Oh, I, I sk- I've skipped that every single episode because it spells out the entire uh-huh. Yeah, episode. it tells you what's coming. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's going to solve it. Because that's the thing. I watched, I went, uh, watched, what was it? I, yeah, my rewatch, I went and watched with my parents. And the second, uh, the second it pans and you see the thing, even my dad, who can't tell this actor was in this movie or whatever, was like, that's the runes <laughs> yeah you know so i'm like well he picked up on on that real quick even quicker than i did because i didn't catch it until catch it until later as well but yeah. I, and that's the thing it goes to uh, it makes sense um it's a television show obviously it's going to give more time to the the lead characters um which equals more character development and more intense storytelling and more intimate storytelling and and all of that you know which at the same time it's a completely different version i'm gonna i'm gonna say grounded but grounded in the sense that it's not a spectacle thing wandavision on no front was developed to be this huge spectacle event yeah you know it's it's this very small scale um personable story and that's and i mean that very well could be the case with all the disney plus stuff going forward everything we've seen of the falcon and winter soldier so far has just been nonstop action right but at the same time, I mean, it's very much going to be about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's very much going to be about um, Sam Wilson, you know, trying to step into the role of Captain America when the U.S. government doesn't want him to, which is going to be the most personal and, and intimate story that Marvel's probably ever told. 
know, I don't expect Miss Marvel to go to Adelaide, you know, and Hawkeye's not going to do any massive thing or whatnot. So it's just, uh, I mean, outside of Loki, which is probably going to be traversing the multiverse, apparently, instead of timelines. Um, I don't, yeah. Except, yeah, just note though, who is the people who's in charge of policing the multiverse? The Time Variance Authority. Because are they the in charge is, of the multiverse, or are they in charge more of than the variance of time across different? Why events? don't they call them the Multiversal Police Authority then, or something? Because yeah. it's all wrapped up in variances and timelines. We'll see. Um, let's talk about the things that are making everybody ir- irrationally rage. So, just generally, the mystery boxes and how they were opened or not opened. We got to talk about so, uh, all right, Evan Bones. Peters as Mr. Boner. That's I, I'm mixed. I first off, I'm going to defend theorists because you should be able. It's what makes. It's what sets these damn shows apart from anything else. You should be able to talk with people and theorize about what's going to happen right you should be able to say oh it would be cool to have this character pop up because i mean the mephistos the nightmares even the cathans of the world there were legitimate building blocks placed in the series that could have potentially led to it it technically could still lead to mephisto or something because that's how she gets her boys back or that's how they were taken away it's but at the same time don't get toxic over the theories right i mean that's because we that's the we thing. all thought mephisto was in it i don't think you or i are like outraged or disappointed no. or frustrated or feel like no. we've been cheated because it no. wasn't mephisto we're like no that no. was our theory and we were yeah. wrong <laughs> yeah i mean i would have placed a sizable amount of money that mephisto was going to be in it but whatever it's but that's the thing i and that's the, the thing about twitter everyone's like ah stop talking theories you're ruining it or or all this stuff it's just like can you imagine sitting through something like this and be like hmm, well that's a cool series i'm just going to judge it based on the, or not even judge it but i'm just going to you know it's our my livelihood is about writing freaking theories you know we host this podcast to discuss you know what we want to see and to yeah. to base stuff but it's not to me whatever. it's the mistake is not and maybe this is too like too nuanced for people to care. To me, the mistake is really not in the way the show is written or produced. It's totally in the way that they handled their media and their interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I know he was just being cute, but Paul Bettany's like starring alongside an actor I want to be with my whole life. I get why people find it annoying. I think he was just mm-hmm. being tongue in cheek. Right. I think that what's what's happening to a degree is that they're sending out these directors and actors and screenwriters to talk to Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and every other Jimmy that's got a late night show. And they're saying, you're not allowed to say anything, but you need to tantalize people. Mm -hmm. And so they just do their best. And so they say crap that doesn't make a lot of sense because they're not allowed to actually talk about the show, but they also have to make it sound exciting. And that environment creates a place where they do start to mislead people mm-hmm. for the sake of they don't have anything better to say without a marvel sniper like being it's pulling the trigger you know it's the it's peak you know the whole cake and eat it too 
scenario, right? They, they do all this stuff. They keep their stories so protected that those involved, there's no way to promote stuff if you don't know anything about the story. They're, they don't send out movie screeners ahead of time for Marvel, so you can't talk about it or, or any of well, that stuff. The I mean, they shows... sent the WandaVisions, they sent out two screeners. What the hell are you supposed to ask on episodes one and two for WandaVision? And the TV shows exasperate it because you do the press push at the beginning of the show. Right. That is essentially what you would do before the movie comes out. But then the movie comes out and it's over in two hours. And then the press can talk about what was in the movie. Right. But with this, you do that push and then you got to do more media the next week. And then you got to do more media the next week and you got to do more the next week. Yeah. And so I get why I get the people are annoyed. I'm just trying to say, you're not mad at the show. Mm-hmm. You're mad at, the social media environment you're mad at sort of the way that disney engages in press around this like you can be frustrated with all those you could be mad that like you know like the direct i felt like some of the comments by shakeman this last week were a little deceptive but that's very different than like oh the show was just oh, it was just a punch in the gut to make me feel like an idiot no the show wasn't you're right like being knee deep in commentary on it for two months is what got you it's yeah it's it's the perfect and that's the thing it's the perfect storm of everything and it got to the point disney did preventative press and said you guys will probably be disappointed yeah you know they flat out said some people will probably be disappointed with with the finale it got to that point but at the same time there are some things you know i'll agree with you that the script doesn't inherently tease like the 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 witness protection person or the aerospace Um, engineer uh that's where we fight because the aerospace engineer is something else it's interesting to me i'm flip I'm okay with the aerospace engineer, but I felt like the woo set up. Well, see, the woo, that, that's what sets the whole story off. That's what takes Jimmy to Westview, which in turn uh, notifies S.W.O.R.D. Or, or what have you. But the aerospace engineer, they dedicated screen time to that. They zoomed in on her phone, not once, but twice. Um, I think what we have to be careful of is whichever way you feel on it, and we both like we're opposite but we both have the feeling about one of those elements if we start talking this way the screenwriters are going to start having magical items that just drop off like imagine this show and it's jimmy was like hey i'm here because i'm investigating something and we're all like what's he investigating why is he there like but if they give a reason then we're going to go down the rabbit trail so like he just is going to start showing up or the buggy they're just gonna be like, oh, hey, I've got this buggy in a uh, in a locker over here. And they're like, why do you have a buggy in the middle of nowhere? Well, I can't say I called somebody to bring it in because then everyone's gonna do fan theories about who I called uh, to bring it in, you know? It's, it's, yeah, it's, but that's the thing. It's, I don't know. There was stuff intentionally. I think some of that's intentionally played. Uh, Emma Caulfield flat out said in an interview with Bresnikin or, or Vanity Fair, I think that's who he's with that her role was to lead people on. She flat out said that. I don't know yeah. what the quote was. She but said she her also sole said, purpose was to be a red herring. But she said that was based on who she played in Buffy or something. So like right. for me, it never mattered because I didn't know what else. Which, it, which in. is insane because even with everything that's still going on, they still find ways to 
give Joss Whedon a thank you credit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no matter what. That's an interesting it's, thing. It's, it. it's insane. It's always leads back to, to Joss Whedon when it shouldn't. And <laughs> whatever. That's why I was joking about the X-Men name. And if they, they'll title it Astonishing X-Men just so they can say, oh, thanks, Joss. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah, just uh, be careful with your expectations. You know, I mean, that's that. I'm not going to to, to stop talking about because that's a major part of the MCU, and that's what made the MCU the way it is. Is the conversation between people and and where it can lead? Because there's all these. If we can't talk and theorize about what's going to happen to Vision then that's a very, very poor writing decision. I feel he literally dipped. He literally said, peace out. I am vision or I am the vision and flew away <laughs> with no further answers whatsoever. So if we can't, can't talk, but it's fandom, man. Everything eventually becomes toxic. It's either black or white. Nobody can just be okay with something, you know, or, or just meh. There, there's no gray areas we're all what's the what's the uh star wars saying only sith deal in absolutes everyone out here is just yeah darth fan and darth user one two four and well stuff. so there's one more thing i want to get to uh that book is the dark hold it sure is and it's is not this, the agents of shield is this dark the hold. final dagger in agents of shield fandom or it had the exact opposite effect I thought, man. You look at the Agents of Shield fandom, there they say, "Oh, that's a dark hole." It changes appearances all the time. It's <laughs> Agents of Shield's canon, man. It had the exact opposite effect that I thought it would. It's not the Agents of Shield dark hole. <laughs> it's like AOS and on, you know. Yeah. Like... At least Runaways used the same prop, right? <sighs> or something. I totally forgot it was in Runaways too. That um, it's not the same. I was for me the the way they handled the snap or didn't handle the snap in season six I think it was of AOS like that was enough for me to be done with the shield continuity right as soon as as soon as they definitely helps (laughs) no as like right when they like even I was in the mindset that like one through four were were canon or something until they went because they went to space at the end of four right yeah I think that's right um but now even the dark cults, I'm like, wait. Oh, and also they're taking away four, which is probably my favorite season. They've changed us, man. Because you know, I know at least personally, I I would have died on the hill that the Netflix stuff were canon and Agents of Shield was canon and all that stuff. But I, I think the dark hold is one of the final nails in the car, at least for me. I mean, which brings up the thing: if your show can't stand on its own. Without, you know, if you can't enjoy a show by itself without it being canon, what's that say to the quality of that show? You know, is that a fair assessment, right? I mean, no, I'm I'm with you. If you're, if you only like WandaVision because it's part of the MCU, like if you won't like WandaVision because I had no ties to the MCU, that's probably not the best television show. People, whenever Kev does his post WandaVision press tour, if he does, or even on the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier press tour that's next week, I think the junkets are. Um, 
people are going to ask and he's not going to say, oh, no, that's a complete. I'll be very surprised if he says, no, that's it has nothing to do with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. It's going to be the, the typical I assume it'll be the typical response. Well, if we like this thing, you know, what do you say that one time he says everything's fair game? He thinks everything's kind of fair game or something. And that's that's the type of stuff that doesn't help matters out at all if he explicitly says this is not the agents of shield Darkhold, that's that right i mean he's it, the decision maker it does make me i'm really nervous now about matt murdoch showing up in spider-man no way home i just i don't want this dialogue because i think there's going to be people like who are and i don't think it's even going to be like the save daredevil people that we'll speak about as Brian's not in the room. Like, I don't even think it's going to be them, but there's going to be some like hardcore daredevil Netflix stands who the only, like they are going to be ticked if a portal doesn't open with Dr. Strange magic and Matt Murdoch walks it through and is like, hi, I'm here from Netflix. Like that is the only way that they'll be peas. Otherwise, yeah. Oh, you're just teasing us with the multiverse. No, yeah. it's okay. If they just cast Charlie Cox because he's good. Mm-hmm. And they just want to use them again, but it has nothing to do with right. Netflix. And that's the thing. I mean, there's the one thing the Netflix shows do have going for them is that they kind of almost went out their way to not reference everything else, right? Whereas Agents of Shield's a lot more difficult to talk your way out of because we saw Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. They built their show around Marvel movies. And over time, we forgot how much they did. Because I'm doing, I'm not so much a rewatch, but like I'm watching them with my eldest kiddo because she likes Marvel and like she's old enough to watch them now. I forget how much stuff there was between Fury and Sif. And uh, there's like several Agent Carter appearances Mm -hmm. in season two. And they like very tightly connect with, with Hydra stuff and Whitehall and like, I just forget that that show did not, there was like a divorce from the MCU timeline, but to me, it really happens more like season three or four, not so much season one, like I thought. Right, right, right. And that's the thing. I mean, at least Netflix shows don't have that. So I think that would make a better fit in the proper MCU. I think maybe I don't I mean there's a lot less explaining they would have to do unless Kevin wants to use the wizard or or (laughs) something you know I I don't know it just seems like it'd be easier to sort out redundancies or or something like that but at the same time I'm not going to be opposed to if it's a soft reboot you know part of me has always thought it, it makes sense to do a soft reboot and just use the actors playing the same characters in a whole new world that's what we liked for the most part anyways right we liked charlie cox's matt murdoch and we liked anafrio's kingpin yep. and we liked. frankly i liked evan peters ralph like mm. i thought it was i just thought it was fun like it, if there's no weight on it it's fun and uh i do have to uh credit screen crush apparently there's a character from the show growing pains who was like uh, a goofy, obnoxious like neighbor, and his mm-hmm. name was Boner. Oh, and that's so, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boner was the yeah. That's right. So there's, I mean, it's really possible, particularly because he appeared in the Growing Pains right. episode, 
that that's not like oh, a penis joke like no they were really making a reference like a deep cut to growing pains with the boner joke but that too or speaking of toxic fan theories how about this what happens if he's simon williams and he's the i think you suggested maybe evan peters was the witness protection who in westview new jersey has a headshot of themselves laying around yeah their well, house there's with also their some people who are still holding on that he's in witness protection his real name isn't boner that's the stupid name that woo came up with for witness protection right. and that evan peters is still going to come back in another mcu property as somebody significant see and that's the thing i mean and now he's probably ralph boner but, <laughs> but at the yeah. same time i mean why did they have simon williams i'm a dud totally blanked his name is simon williams right it, why did they have wonder man art placed in the room right over the shoulder of jack schaefer who was speaking to a camera you can't tell me it wasn't intentional yeah i don't unless it was just a page from like the vision or something and that they were, oh, they were it was it was stuff. flat out just character design artwork oh okay cover artwork that's kind of blurry but it's clear as day who it is it's like a splash page of just him well and i think we have to be careful i don't want to bail anybody out yet but um this show is supposed to happen after falcon and winter soldier Mm -hmm. and the idea that they maybe shot some sort of cameo that featured maybe say falcon plus another character plus vision and that it would have been a great post-credit here, but now can't work because this came out before Falcon and Winter Soul. Like, I'm just saying that's a possibility. Right. Particularly like with the Doctor Strange thing. I don't know anything, but if there was a scene where Vision and Strange and Sam sit together and go like, okay, what are we going to do about Wanda? That would have been a great post-credit if this came out after Falcon and Winter Soldier, but wouldn't make sense now. True. Yeah. I mean, so when I talked to the cinematographer, he said that they just got done editing the week. I interviewed him on a Monday and he had just gotten done, you know, giving the green light the week prior. So, I mean, it wasn't like episode nine has been in the can since November, you know, they were making changes all the way up till the end. So maybe something was cut that would have yeah been beneficial towards the finale or something but we don't know that and we probably won't ever know that yeah well this is long and i forgot we had to add rhiannon in too so we'll wrap up we can always talk about this stuff more um in the future uh let's go to our mailbag and comments in the live chat michael t ford's been holding with us thanks for watching with us um he felt like the witness was a more integral piece of the plot for him so um, he also says that metacasting is totally cool and i agree we should just chill out um and uh, so on medic could you imagine if charlie cox is in spider-man 3 but he isn't even daredevil is that what you're saying or like he's no, just a I'm, new daredevil i'm just saying like i'm totally cool if it's like hey i'm matt murdoch this is the first thing that's ever happened that's important for my role in this mm-hmm. i just think there's gonna be some people that are gonna need him 
to like reference his memories of the time he fought Kingpin. You know, like I feel like there's people are going to need that. But what happens? Best with us in the multiverse again. But what happens if Charlie Cox isn't Matt Murdock and he's some other just lawyer? Oh, I don't. And he'll never. I don't think that'll happen. But uh, I, you know, that's where's where's the line for the stunt casting? Because that would be right. infuriating, would it not? <laughs> um, I, yeah. I mean, th- there's a. That's interesting. I just have to think about how I feel about that. I think it might frustrate me, but I don't know if I would admit that it's rational for it to frustrate me. It'd be me being inconsistent. Right. But I mean, we would at least have a much different conversation, at least with our, our third host yeah. when she gets back. Um, yeah. I don't, that would be iffy. I'll say that much. That would be, it would mean no Charlie Cox Daredevil show ever yeah. again. Michael also said that he actually liked the Hayward storyline. So we've got one, one in favor. Um, and he was just saying theorizing is cool, but deciding whether it's a good or bad show based on whether it delivers on your theories isn't. But then again, there's a whole blog industrial complex that amplifies the things people say and spins them into bigger and bigger speculative posts. And that's true. You know, I just, uh, you can't, you can't, you guys can't blame digital media for that. <laughs> I mean that that's not I mean nowhere once like personally I've never said hey this is fact this is going to happen I mean partially I try writing stuff and concoct stuff that's just so far out there that will never come true I don't think it's yeah well, it's because you learned from the whole ant thing man that's why I don't think it's fair to uh yeah, maybe it is, and it's. I mean, there. It, but that's the thing. The whole environment's a little bit of everything. Sure, it had does nothing by. It doesn't help, you know, theorizing. But then again, it's. I don't know, man. Yeah. It is what it is. I, I want to make money to write theories, so whatever. I want to mention quickly. Uh, Andrew Baker, Darren Edward, Marco Rusek. These are some people that commented on some posts on Facebook. You don't get a lot of Facebook uh, interaction, but we said like, hey, we'd love to hear from you Facebook people. And those are just fans that apparently listen through that avenue. And so, hey guys, we want to just shout out and we're glad that you're uh, listening to the show. Thanks for doing so. I'm afraid to do this, but I'm opening my Twitter. Um, Don't do it. I'm trying to figure out how to... (laughs) How to extract yourself from it? Yeah, I shouldn't have done the mention because there's certainly more explanations coming in too. We recently have been um, uh, been followed by the Hulk at Captain Hulk three, and he said some nice things about the show. Thanks. Oh, this one I needed to get to. So this was really sad but really sweet. Uh, HB at Harrison nineteen eleven um, was just saying that um, his cat got hit by a car and died. And uh, he used our podcast as a way to like listen to something to cheer him up. And so, or her up, I'm not sure, HB. But um, thank you. That was very sweet. It made me happy that we do this. Like yeah. it felt like a more altruistic thing than just us doing something that's fun. And I'm, we're always happy when the podcast can be beneficial for somebody. So that's weird. I mean, I don't want to say that's weird, but at least you find joy in us just harping on constantly. At least that doesn't convert into a one-star review, so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, 
so yeah, and then um, Ashcrafty uh, was also sharing some um, good stuff about some 80s comics and mutants and inhumans and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think we had anything on Patreon or the website, so... All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks for sticking with us. I think we'll probably record next week. Maybe not. Maybe we'll take a break since we're in between shows. I don't know. Uh, We do have Assembled coming out next week, the behind the scenes of WandaVision. But we thank you for listening. Thanks to Tim Cox for our logo. He's on Instagram at Tim B. Cox. Thanks to Alvin for the theme music. He's on social media at Skull School. Uh, We appreciate all of you guys listening. Thanks for supporting the show. If you do over at Patreon, if you'd like to do that, that'd be great. Every week we do these live recordings like Michael T. Ford is watching right now for people at a $5 and above level. And then we also post some live videos um, to the Patreon feed a little bit later to show this recording unedited for anybody who's a patron. And then obviously, you know, the edited audio podcasts come out on Sunday evenings. Uh, I think that does it for now. We missed Rhiannon, but I think she'll be back soon and we'll see you guys later.